Kamenetsky Brothers Podcast, Brian Kamenetsky, Andy Kamenetsky, ESPN LA, joined in studio today. This, Andy, is very exciting. It is exciting. It's quite a get, I would say, uh, for us. Um, lead, what's your what's your job title, Bill? Lead Lakers writer for The Athletic. That's pretty good. We, let's stick with that. All right. Bill Oram. Our colleague now, actually. <laughs> right. Yeah, I was about to say, there's, I, you would expect some sort of meeting. like applause sound effects. Oh, here we go. Yeah. Actually, I do have that. Oh. Timely. Yeah. Um, Bill, of course, uh, joining The Athletic this week, and and I as well, be contributing to The Athletic in Los Angeles. Um, but to make it clear, right. we are still remaining with ESPN LA. Yeah, oh, we're doing this podcast. Well, no, but I, I, yeah. but right, but we could be running out the string. I just want to make mm. sure people understand that because there had been a little bit of confusion with the announcement. We are staying here until people we are don't told have to leave. us. People don't have us run out the string. They just show us the door. That's true. That's not. Yeah, I mean, if we were gone, we'd be gone. That's just not how people. <laughs> We've been shown the door before. We that's know exactly. That's I'm speaking from experience. So. um Bill has a couple stories already up, and we'll get to certainly get to one of them. Uh, a really great feature on kind of what comes now of Andre Ingram. Yeah, um, it, it's definitely worth the read, and the whole thing is worth the read, and especially since you can get it at a thirty percent discount with a free T-shirt. We'll tweet that they out. They come in Dodger blue. You can get a Laker Laker purple T-shirt or, or a uh, Kings black, Kings black, Kings black, or LAFC if you prefer. Raiders. Um, <laughs> LA's most popular football team. <laughs> so we'll get into that, but let's let's start with uh, Kawhi, because we're this the, the Kawhi, which is basically the same conversation of LeBron, which is the same conversation as Paul George or whatever, but now it's a three-headed thing instead of a two-headed thing. Hydra. Um, yes. Do or that dog from uh, Harry Potter, I think, had three-head. So... Kawhi is supposedly once out of of San Antonio and supposedly wants to come to Los Angeles. How much? For, let's just start with the newsy part of it. How bad do you think? Do you, Bill? Do you think it's completely over there? Is he going to have to be moved, and so on, or is it reparable? At, at this point, it feels irreparable, but I would not ever put it past that organization or Greg Popovich to find a way to solve the problem. And we heard this last year with LaMarcus Aldridge, although I think this has gotten a little um, farther down the road than it ever got with LaMarcus. You know, one thing I thought a lot when we first started hearing that Kawhi was unhappy, I went back to that night that the Spurs were here in L.A. to play the Lakers. I think you guys were there, and that was when Pop kind of laid out yes. how he kept mm-hmm. how he yeah. kept LaMarcus. And it was basically like, well, scratch his head, and this has never happened to me in 25 years that a player wants to be traded. Um, well, let me listen to him and see what he needs. And basically, they recalibrated the offense to make LaMarcus happy. And also what he told the Marks at the time was, oh, yeah, I'll trade you. You just go find me a player who's as good as you to get back in a trade, and I'll make that trade. And I thought it sort of applied to Kawhi, except for I feel like if that conversation was going to happen, it would have happened sometime in the last nine months as things were falling apart there. And now it feels like here we are. It's it's trading season. It might be too late. Yeah, I, I've always been of the opinion that any relationship in sports can be repaired just because – Look at us. Had, well, exactly. I mean, I used to for hate for a long other. time. Couldn't stand Bill Oram, but we are now colleagues, and he is on our podcast. But you know, we we had front row seats for Kobe and Phil Jackson reuniting after a very bad first exit, and the book that Phil wrote. And I remember thinking when the Lakers brought back Phil, that was actually the first season that Brian and I started covering the team. We we're like, this can't work, and it did. And then a couple years later. 
when Kobe demanded a trade, said he wanted to play on Pluto, was you know in the in the parking lot and got caught on video saying that you should ship Andrew Bynum's ass out for Jason Kidd, called Doctor Buss an idiot. You know there were there was talk that he would refuse to show up to training camp, refuse to ever play for the Lakers. That seemed irreparable. That got fixed, and you know and you'll never find anybody more strong willed than Kobe. So that made me think, all right, you know what? Pretty much damn near anything, if not anything, can get fixed. But maybe this is just too far gone. I just it's it's fascinating to me because I mean all of this is around Kawhi. And he's the one guy you will never hear from. He just doesn't talk. And so like this whole this whole saga, I've heard Ramona talk about it and it's been written about and and, and I know Bill, you've uh written about and seen it's like there's nothing he never says anything so everything comes from you know his group his uncle his whatever but you never hear from quiet itself so you you're always wondering exactly what's left but you know the other side of it is something andy i know you've thought about like it doesn't seem like he'd want to play here i mean i get that he's from riverside but playing for the lakers if if you had to pick guys like a natural you had to pick guys around the league and say who would fit in best with everything that comes with being a Laker? Kawhi Leonard seems on the surface to be among the lowest high-profile players. Does it, right? does it seem does like you like this? Does it not strike you a little bit kind of Dwightish, where seems exactly like people Dwight. around him are telling like, you know, your shoe deal is not good enough. Your, you know, your the visibility five, isn't right. Good. Not your visibility is not good. But really, what they want is for him to be something that he isn't. Or has never expressed the desire to be. The flip side of that is maybe Kawhi actually does want to do that stuff, but we just don't know because he doesn't talk. But then, Bill, it's hard to believe he wants to do those things if he never talks. Like, right. He can't be a shoe baron and do all the promotion and all that stuff that goes with it if you're not out there willing to do it. Yeah, it does feel like almost if he were to come to L.A., it would need to be in a super team situation so there were other players, other um, more you know guys willing to take on the marketing responsibilities a LeBron a Paul George and then obviously depending on what young players would remain a part of that to kind of be all in on on the Lakers thing because you're right like Kawhi is a guy who we don't hear from we only see 82 times a year plus the playoffs um it, it I, I I agree I don't see him as as the quintessential Laker or the next great Laker in terms of being able to have that that persona he's not showtime at all um, which isn't to say that he wouldn't become a Hall of Famer here. He probably would. He's going to be a Hall of Famer. But you, almost but no you have where he to goes. go back to Kareem to find, yeah. a, a, like, a, you know, a high-profile, legendary Laker who was reticent with the media. And you know, Kareem has talked about openly that he made a lot of mistakes with the media. You know, at the time, and was it was more mistrustful of them than he really should have been, and, and he paid a price for it. But Kareem, though, had the ultimate, you know, spotlight exactly. seeker in magic. Exactly. This, this gets, a, I mean, this gets to one of the things that I. You still, would have magic here too. I yes. Can't, <laughs> I can't true. find. I can't quite put a finger on because, on the one hand, you know, it's a vastly different world than 1983. You know, I mean, like social media and all these other things, which on the one hand makes it harder for Kawhi just to not say anything and to avoid the noise because it's just we live in a world that's 10,000 times just noisier than it used to be. But the flip side is there are so many other ways now for if Kawhi wanted to be that guy that he could do it that has nothing to do with us. You know, well-crafted Instagram campaigns and online stuff and guerrilla, you know, that don't require him to necessarily be out there but still 
theoretically, he'd get a better platform than he gets at the very least in San Antonio. Well, you know who that kind of reminds me of a little bit is Gordon Hayward. He's not a guy who's out there with the media. He was, he was always quiet. I covered him in Utah and then kind of watched how he grew grew up there before going on to Boston. And he started doing his own thing where there was GordonHayward.com and a lot of information got pushed through that. And there He's was, a regular on the Players' Tribune, he, too. He did, he did announce his free, his free agent Botched his own announcement. <laughs> but I mean, he's a quiet guy. Not as quiet as Kawhi, because I don't think anybody is, but a very reticent superstar. Marcel who, Marceau is <laughs> not as quiet as Kawhi. And, um, but, but did find a way to kind of craft his own image a little bit through the people around him. And I think you know, that, that could potentially be an out, an out um, an outlet for Kawhi, but that again assumes that he has any interest in in the star side of being a superstar, which we just have never seen. But the, I don't know. And you I, have to he, be I, one. I would love for Kawhi to come to play for the Lakers because Kawhi is excellent at basketball, and he makes them much better. And I'd assuming like he's to see, healthy, right? Assuming he's healthy, I'd like to see. That quad scares me a bit. I'm not going to lie. Does no question. We'll get to that in a second. But like I, I, I. I do these post game shows, Bill? You watch every game. You have to show up and travel and all these. Uh, yeah. I'd like to see a better basketball, better team basketball team than the cover, one yeah. that we've been watching for the last five years. But is that shade at Kendall Marshall? Yes, <laughs> Marshawn Brooks. It's very passive aggressive shade at Kendall Marshall. But you know, if he doesn't want to be, or if it's really just other people trying to shape what they think Kawhi's career ought to be, it's not going to work well. If it's just, yeah. I'm, I'm cool with that, and I think I've got a plan to be able to come play in L.A., be around home, be where I want to be, but still not have to deal with all the negative stuff that comes with it. If he thinks he can pull that off, great. Welcome. I'm on, I'm on board. Here's one you, thing. You've that, solved one problem, but you have not figured out how to get him here. I mean, they, look, the, the getting him here, and they, they actually this leads well into what I was going to bring up. You know, the getting him here, obviously, you're going to have to sacrifice – at least some, you know, some members of the young core: Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram, Zubats. Uh, <laughs> if it ha- if it comes to it, <laughs> jo- you know, Josh Hart, Kuzma, some combination of them, maybe attach the the twenty five, wh- whatever it takes, depending on when it happens. But one of the narratives, one of the stories that you know it's been reported by guys like Woj, is that Lonzo would be a non starter for the Spurs, as far as who you would include. Um, and you know, Bill, you mentioned earlier when. Uh, Pop talked very openly about the situation with him and LaMarcus and the dinner that they sat down and they talked through differences. That same media scrum, because I was there, LeVar came up because I actually asked Pop about his opinions on LeVar speaking out about Luke Walton. And Pop made it very clear he is not a LeVar fan. He does not like the way LeVar conducts himself. He basically considers LeVar a joke. And he may have even used the words a joke. And it is very difficult to imagine... Lonzo being a part of that deal unless Pop is planning on quitting. Like it's it's very Pop has a lot of sway in what's going to happen and it, it's difficult to imagine if Pop has any sway Lonzo being included so that you know A affects if it's true it affects who could potentially be getting traded for Kawhi but what I also think is really interesting about it is I feel like if you're going to bring over Kawhi and by extension, bring over his uncle Dennis, who has become a very dominant part of his career. You may need to lose. You may need to then move Lonzo, because Dennis and Lavar, as part of the same ecosystem, feels like a lot. You'd have a logjam at that position. <laughs> <laughs> well put. 
But I mean, am I wrong for thinking that feels like a lot? I, what, I what, yeah, go. Well, specifically to that, I don't have a good answer for you because I think the Lakers would probably tell you that that they don't worry about what's on the. That, that's what they would publicly say. Right. They don't worry about what's happening on I the outside. It's I fine. Don't believe them, and, and of course not. But like as players get as players develop their own brands and, and all that, like I think that you probably have to accept a little bit of the off the court um, drama. Um, so I think they would probably at least be willing to give it a try, assuming the pieces fit. What I think is more interesting about what you just said is this whole idea that Lonzo Ball, the face of your franchise, is basically a repellent. Yeah, he's worthless in 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 going and getting a superstar. This is a guy you invested the number two pick in a pretty good in this particular superstar. Yeah, it should be clear he's not a repellent, but the forces around him. But the are fact the, the fact that he doesn't have value in this particular trade, assuming that's correct, which I I completely believe it to be. I see Lonzo Ball as a terrible fit in San Antonio. Right, whether um, whether it's because of Lavar factor the. Uh, you know they DeJounte have a, they, they have De, uh, Dejounte Murray anyway, right? And that's an odd backcourt. Whatever it is, either way, you're talking about the number two pick yeah. last year that was a phenomenon. Yeah, and I don't think it's just San Antonio that would balk at taking him back in a trade because we've seen what happened la- ha- happened last year. We've seen his dad publicly call for the head of the coach. Um, that is a problem, and not many organizations. We've seen Lavar want... say that you know Lonzo would benefit LeBron more than LeBron. Would but they say that. But they, and this gets to I mean, uh, and these these rumors are more I think less reported and more just NBA chatter. Sure. But the idea that LeBron doesn't want to deal right. with Lavar's nonsense either. I. Is there a point, though, that LeVar jumps the shark? And I I don't know if you guys read the great piece that Kent Babb wrote in the Washington Post about just outstanding. And the the theme about LeVar in in that story that kept recurring was, do you does does LeVar even recognize what is performance and what is real? And at what point does does LeVar become so, so performative? And, and that it that it it really doesn't matter what he says. I'll tell you, uh, yes, there is there is a point There's at which it doesn't matter as long as it doesn't impact what Lonzo does. It doesn't impact what the Lakers do. The stuff in there in that you know his his interview with Colin Coward and all that you know the the worst stuff in there was the stuff about Kuzma. Yes, when he was saying, oh, they're not close. They they're not friends. Like right. when when he starts to drive in theory a wedge between. Two of the most important young players on the team saying they can't possibly, but because it's all in the service of. Right, I was going to say my it's, a very, bro- it's my brothers. It's, it's a me, very it's specific my program. wedge. Right. I mean, he actually said, "How could they be close? They've only known each other for years. Right. Not, They're not, not like, like us. Him. Exactly. Right. It's not like him and Mello and Jello. It's he's he's starting to talk in a way, Lavar, that I think isolates Lonzo in a way that you know. Isn't just problematic potentially for the Lakers. I actually think it's really problematic for Lonzo. Right. In right. the sense that if he, if if Lonzo's, I have a friend, and you use you use him as an example. They're 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 struggling. You know, personal lives are struggling because of family issues. Because I mean, these are excellent, wonderful people who have a father-in-law and a mother-in-law that are kind of destroying the setup here, and because. The, the guy is sort of torn between my parents and my wife. It's created horrible problems for them. The position that Lonzo's being put in, potentially, if he can't tell his dad to bleep off, is is a difficult one. And I don't think we're there yet. But it's an, it, it is interesting that the Lakers, for all the talk of LeVar not impacting stuff, 
could be in a position where that's true if he's on the Lakers. But if you're ever in a position where you need to move him, people look at the circus and say, no, thank you. Right. Um, I, I the, the larger there's another question that comes along this and Bill this is something that I know you wrote about today at the Athletic where you can get thirty percent off in a free T-shirt by if subscribing. you subscribe yes um, I mean I assume everyone already does subscribe right but if not I hope not because <laughs> well I think it looks point. good I it meant like, right. like they've subscribed today. today I mean it was right. a hell of a launch right. well, um, is this notion of whether or not the Lakers what they need to do. Because I, I tweeted out the day the, the Kawhi news broke, I tweeted out at Cam Brothers that now you have Paul George who has reportedly wanted to come to L.A. for like two years. Like that's been out there. LeBron, the smoke has become much fierier. I mean, it seems actually much more like a thing every day that goes by. Like, mm-hmm. you know, LeBron actually could come here and his kids are enrolled and the basketball part kind of makes sense, and they're going to get Kawhi, too. All of these things start to line up to where, at the very least, it seems like kind of maybe like a coin flip that LeBron could come. Now you have uh, Kawhi Leonard, who says he wants to come here. Easier said than done, but whatever. You have three of the best players in the NBA, all live, all tied legitimately to Los Angeles. It feels like you should get one of them, at minimum. At minimum. How much... The Lakers have invested so much in this notion of kind of restoring exceptionalism, rightly, and I think they've done a good job at it. They'll tell you that it doesn't matter if they that what is attracting people to the organization now is they they see the the young players, they see the facility, they see a change in management, a change in coaching, all of these other things. Um, They don't need to be validated by one of these guys coming here. They're not wrong in the sense that it's over if they don't get guys, but I do wonder how much the rest of the league, the view of the new Lakers, so to speak, Bill, will change if they don't get these guys, or at least one or two of them, particularly Paul George, if he decides to go somewhere else other than here. Um, that's a bad look. I mean, it's, I think it hurts them. I think I think optically, sure. But then in another year... But don't optics matter? Yeah, but then in another year when they get... It, it, let's say they, they it, in 2019 they do finally have that success that has eluded them every summer. Then it didn't matter, and they're and they're competing and, and they're in the playoffs and they're in the hunt. And suddenly, you know what the optics were for one year in the mid-teens doesn't doesn't really matter. And I look at this summer, and yes, it feels like everything is lining up for them to get one, two, three superstars this summer, which is nuts to think about. But what I wrote today... But it's not an unrealistic... It's no, not it's, a crazy no, path. No, and what I wrote today is it's, that what's, uh, what's mind-bending is the most audacious plan actually feels pretty plausible. And when you go back the past several summers when they brought in Carmelo and they brought in LaMarcus Aldridge and Twice. bungled that just in, in epic hey epic ways. Hey, um, and you know they 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 tried to get in on, on LeBron. Uh, Kevin Durant didn't even take a meeting, which uh, by the way did them a massive favor. Absolutely. Did they a massive favor that they didn't cuz th- they didn't have there's some Brian and I talked about at the time like all of us have had meetings before. Where ultimately you were told no, but the meeting went well. And like, you know, you can legitimately say, wow, you know, that was good. There was a connection there. There was interest. And the worst thing that could have happened for the Lakers 
would have been just waiting around, waiting around, not making any types of moves at all because they're hanging on the 0.7% chance that Kevin Durant was going to join. So theoretically, I said that at the time too. In fact, I wrote that, that this is good that the Lakers have have avoided needing to tie themselves up for the first several days of free agency because of this. It freed them up to do, make the moves they wanted then, to make. Unfortunately, then, right. in the summer of 2016, then, that move was to sign Timofey Mozgov at 9.01 p.m. They had had to wait. They could have missed out on those guys if only they'd been invited but, to, so, to the Hamptons. But Andy, what, to what degree, because this is, again, something that I can't quite get a handle on, because to what degree do the optics of the summer of 2018 impact the results you get in the summer of 2019? I, this is really just, it's a question of how much do does this notion of the Lakers being special matter? I, think it, I, don't, I, I, I don't think it's a, I don't really think it's as much a thing anymore. But I think it, it that 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 we can pretend that it is and that it can be sold as something that matters matters. It's a piece, but it's not. If you look at what Mitch Kupchak and Jim Buss did, they put everything on that. Well, it's because they couldn't sell basketball. Right. But they, they didn't put any effort into improving the basketball to make it something they did could you sell. Know, we just talked they, about they, Timofey Mozgov they, and Lou Aldang. Of course they, they did. They, <laughs> they So what I, again, wrote today at The Athletic is that the Lakers have finally done the work to make the franchise appealing to free agents. They have created a hospitable environment for, um, for free agents. So at this point, really, it's just up to the player. I think the I think the work has mostly been done. I don't think that there is that much left for Magic, Rob, and those guys to do. Let Magic go in and do his razzle dazzle, which I I sure hope has some has some success because that is one of the the the, the best parts of having Magic Johnson as your president of basketball operations. But if you don't get a guy this summer, and I, I not to set anybody up for the the possibility of not getting anyone and 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 and, and explain it away, but if you don't get anybody, you're still in great shape. There's no, oh, there's there, no you're, you're in great shape. You are in. You can get nobody this summer and be in better shape than any season you've you've had over the last six years, including the one that just wrapped up. Yeah. To, to answer your question, Brian, to me, as long as they don't go backwards, they're fine. Lou Aldang contract. Extension. Well, I mean, Lou Aldang. Okay, here's going backwards. They, they, you know, fritter away a lot of free agency, waiting on LeBron, waiting on Paul George, and they end up losing Julius Randle, who signs a restricted free agent offer, and they can't match it. Because they're still waiting. They're still waiting. That's a backwards move. That's disastrous. If they get none of these free agents and lose Randle. But but the way I look at this summer as far as reestablishing Lakers exceptionalism is a lot like the way I used to reinforce that they've only been a couple seasons into a rebuild. You know, the last three years of Kobe's career may have felt like a rebuild because they weren't good, and, you know, they kept falling ass backward in the lottery picks, and lottery picks is typically what you get when you're rebuilding. But the reality is the Lakers were trying hard as hell to avoid any appearance of a rebuild. And, you know, Luke's first season and this past one... Right, (laughs) exactly. Carlos uh, Carlos Boozer being just the you know the the embodiment of everything they were doing wrong, but they only selfie game that year. They, <laughs> they've only been though a couple years into a, a legit you know a legit rebuild, and for where they are in two years into a rebuild, they're in a great place. This year is the first year of going after free agents that where they actually, actually would have, have a chance. chance. Right. So the idea that they wouldn't get one on the first crack. If anybody's really paying attention, it shouldn't be disastrous. Yeah, I know you're right. And what I 
again, I don't know what the answer is to this question, and I think it's kind of fascinating because I it depends on really you are to to a large degree, you know, what people see you as. And that's important. It's important to understand what you are in the world that you occupy, because if you don't uh, if you don't read that correctly, you can't operate effectively. You can't try to change the narrative. You can't find your openings where you want them to be and all that kind of stuff. And I think what they've done well and what uh, uh, Palinka particularly has done well is try to tweak the notion of what what that what Lakers exceptionalism sort of means, mm-hmm. where there's nothing intrinsically magical no pun intended about playing for the lakers today like restoring it today means you get all the you know the benefits of la you get the benefits of the history and if you love you know nba basketball this is kind of for you like you can't help but appreciate it but what we're going to try to do is give you the first class of everything the best facility the best chance of winning the best management the best like like we're we're going to be good now as opposed to relying on the history i think that's what they're going for right but to some degree though what they're trying to sell in terms of you know getting back to those days the context of those days you know to guys would want to play for the lakers because it was one of the only ways they could be seen correct you know and and, and today so, like yeah, because right. the context there, of there, all that there stuff are is cer- so there are certain elements of lakers exceptionalism that cannot be replicated because we're in 2018 right and there's and that's, nothing even the Magic old Johnson's the old group charisma. didn't get it the old right. group didn't understand that i mean i or if they understood it they had no other plan b because right. basketball was something you couldn't sell now you can sell basketball again I actually think it's it, if you if the optics matter, it looks much worse if 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 George stays for the, all that extra money in Oklahoma City, you say whatever it's seventy million dollars. Goes to Philly, that's the problem. Yes, if George goes to a different city that isn't Oklahoma but isn't here, that genuinely is a bad look, and I think will make people around the league say why why. I, exactly. I do. I think that's a very good point, and I agree with that. And I, I don't. I don't think anything LeBron does has any has any influence really on how the Lakers are viewed. If LeBron decides to do something else, I don't care. Like if he goes to Philly, I don't think it's. I don't think it matters as much. But as Paul George, who has is from here, has stated repeatedly that he want wanted to play Correct. here a year ago. I think that is. I think that is the difference. If LeBron decides to do something else, there's there's a very good reason, basketball reasons, or being closer to Cleveland, whatever whatever it may be. Um, He's he's far more entitled to it, but I don't think Paul. I don't see Paul George going anywhere but here. I see Paul George either staying in Oklahoma City for here. the money and buying into the idea that he is, um, you know, the missing piece, and they had a crap end of their year for various reasons, and that they didn't get a fair crack at it because Andre Roberson was hurt. Blah 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 blah, and he reups, or he does what he wanted to do a year ago and comes and plays here. I think those are the two options. And also, I just want to say because of your your doomsday scenario, Andy, about oh they dither around and they don't and the Julius Randle. Um, ends up leaving on that restricted deal. You have to remember, Paul George is represented by the same guy who represents Julius Randle. So it is in their best interest for that not to happen. So I'm I, I, my thought would be that there would be enough 
um, there'd be enough working oh, together to prevent that. No, I'm just, I'm just saying, saying. I'm just saying that would be one reason to think that that would probably you, be avoidable. Do you guys? Um, but it also speaks to how it would be really disastrous if it did. <laughs> oh no, it'd be extra, extra <laughs> I mean, disastrous. But given, given theoretically, the, we just the, assume, by the way, that Julius Randle's going to sign an offer sheet with Dallas. Like, is that just someone? That's, Someone's going to put a big pot that's, of money that's, on that's and, the one, right? And, and you know, not to get too far afield, somebody is going to put a big giant, you know, twenty million dollar a year contract or something like that in front of him because they should. Yep. Because if you make a list of the best free agents available, it's you know the rumors today, the, the talk today. Chris Paul's going to stay in Houston. You know Durant isn't really a free agent. All of that kind of stuff. You know it's LeBron, Paul George, Boogie, and Clint Capella. Yeah, but I th- but he's not. I, I think not going anywhere unless. Short of the LeBron, sure, I'm, I'm just talking about people that you would rank ahead okay. of Julius Randle right. or whatever. At least is a technically list could, ends there. Right, that's it. He's it. Randall's the next guy, and Randall of those guys is far more available than Capella. Capella's not going anywhere, probably. So, it, you know, with with all that in mind, so you know, that's that's the Randall thing. But I was going to say, with George, if the path becomes. He, you know, they, they make the deal. He leaves. He comes as free agent, whatever. Because Lakers could have tried to trade for him last year. With Kawhi, do you wait? Or do you try to throw all those guys in now knowing that, well, we could probably get him next year. If he really wants to come to L.A. in the same way that George said he wants to come to L.A., why don't we wait and then do it? Then you can get him for, you know, without giving up your stuff. What would you do? So I have my feelings about this. I think it might be different from what the Lakers think, though. Like my sense from the Lakers has been that they are reluctant to give up multiple multiple assets to pull when 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 they can either get him as a free agent or there are other free agents they can get, and that makes me a little nervous because I'm I'm looking at Kawhi Leonard as a one of a kind player who makes you a championship contender along with another another star like LeBron or Paul George or and Paul George Kawhi Kawhi with Paul George with you know a, a few of these young players and. Free agent filler makes them certainly a high end Western way, Conference playoffs team. You add LeBron to that group, they are instantly yes in that group with Golden State, Boston, and it's the Lakers and Houston yep. as championship contenders. Yeah, so I, I I look I look at it as get the deal done, make it happen, get him get get him in house. You know he's gonna you know you're getting an extension done. I would I would just do it. But the sense I've gotten is that they are they are afraid to give up multiple pieces of that young core to do it. And I don't think you're getting it done for Brandon Ingram alone or Kyle Kuzma alone. I think it's probably Kyle Kuzma, Brandon Ingram. Well, especially because you have to attach Dent. Dent. And also, yeah, exactly. There's, that. There's now, no way I do to think, do what they're talking about without attaching Dan. Sending like, him somewhere. Stretching him isn't enough. Right. They need to get rid of him. And so Dang has to go to San Antonio or in a three-way deal right. somebody, somebody else. But by the way, I've said this for a couple of months. Don't you think Greg Popovich could could make Lou Dang a useful player? Sure. I think he could get something out of him, but not eighteen million. No, of course useful. not. No, I mean, no one could. And I mean, it's just not there anymore. But I do think that Lou Aldang doesn't is not entirely dead weight in that deal if he's going to San Antonio. Would you do? Would you do wait or trade? Because I, I was, I would trade. I, yeah, Bill was trade. Mean, I last year with with George, I was very much on the wait because they didn't have enough stuff. They have more stuff now. Um, and more flexibility and all that kind of stuff. I would, if the trade is available, make the trade. And I also think I also think that if you are able to make that trade, and I think I think frankly, it really is just a matter of whether or not the deal is available. But I think that opens up every other door. Right. I think you get everybody else if you make that trade. I think so too, Andy. What would you do? It, the one concern I have about them making the trade now, because I think it's going to cost a lot, is that price is going to rise 
because you have to sell to your fan base and to some degree, I think internally to yourselves. Forget just the rivalry with the Lakers, but the idea of we are helping another. You mean super, San Antonio has? Yeah, to sell Super it, right? Tam, San Antonio has to sell this internally into their fan base. It's not just about trading to the Lakers. It's we are helping another Western Conference team form another super team for us to have to go right, Because if yeah, you, and, and, if and you get just, Kawhi, the odds of LeBron and George right, way through it's, the It's not just that you're making the trade and, and giving a Western Conference team a great player. It's that you are paving the way for a super team exactly. that completely dominates the league. And, and by the way, Anna, is the ruin of teams like San Antonio right, and in exactly. a market like that. So I think the price, though, to do it with the Lakers rises potentially more than if the trade partner is Philly or Boston. What would so you that's something the Lakers have to think. I also about. just don't know. Like, I mean, what we, I know that people here value the, the Lakers' young players really highly, and they I are do. they're very good. But I'm not sure if you looked at every team in the league and came up with a, a scenario that they could get Kawhi Leonard. I'm not sure that the Lakers have one, a top 15 package. Like, I, I think there are a lot of good players and a lot of high draft picks that you can put that you can put together. Yeah, I would it depends on what you want. It, 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 do you it, want it, high it, draft picks? The Lakers can't do that for you. Do you want high end young players? The Lakers can do that. I mean, again, if you, you have to be able to put Lonzo into a trade package and assume somebody would want him. And I think from a basketball perspective, people would. Um, some combination of Ingram, Kuzma, Rand, uh, uh, Lonzo with like a sweetener like Josh Hart, who I think is is a team player almost any team would want. Yes. Um, all that you put all that together, you you know some combination of that I think would be as. as you guys good might as not know the answer to this, but in terms of thinking about uh, machinations for this to happen, can Randall be signed and traded into something like this? I think the answer is no. Okay. That that is my understanding. I don't. I don't. But if we know. can, we can get, we can find another opinion on that. But I, I don't think so. What I think is really interesting when you when you think about potential trade partners around the league is Boston. Boston, they don't just have the young talent, all the picks or whatever. They also have veteran guys, so they could mm-hmm. actually say to, to San Antonio, "What path do you guys want right. to take moving forward?" How about forward? Kyrie with the picks? I mean, Boston can overpay. They can say. Kyrie and I mean like in but, theory, but they, it's but not they a also though, they, can, they can accommodate the most potential paths for San Antonio because mm-hmm. if San Antonio wants to go into a complete rebuild mode they can do that if San Antonio wants to stay as competitive as possible they can also potentially help with that that's what I think and, and they're in the east so that's what I think makes Boston pretty dangerous if if Kawhi would be in any way inclined but the, but, to stay right with but them. the answer to every trade scenario on who can give you the best deal it's Boston. It's going to be Boston. Right. That, that's the answer. But once you get past the Celtics, then I think the Lakers are in there with with everyone. It, it does depend on how much how much San Antonio would value draft picks and how they and how they evaluate this draft. I mean, like if Phoenix is give, is willing to give up the first overall pick, which they should be, like that's interesting to me um, with their with their young players there too. Um, I think you know. F- you look at Sacramento. You look at other teams. You know, could Portland get involved if they broke up their backcourt? Um, it's it's. But again, do you break up like just hypothetically? Do you break up that backcourt for a one year rental of Kawhi because he probably isn't. He's staying. probably not staying in Portland. Yeah. As great of a city as as great of a city as it is, my yeah. hometown. But it is I, a great city. I I think what would be fascinating to me is if the Lakers split the baby this summer, where they do. Kind of, maybe they get one of these guys. It's an expression. It's a biblical. But okay, remember, like the 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 
one of the kings was going to like, yeah, thank you. And they said, no, don't split the baby. You take it. And then God was all happy. I think I'm getting the details of that <laughs> basically correct. <laughs> Thus end of the lesson. Um, where they maybe you get George, but you instead of doing something else really big, you you facilitate one of these other deals where Toronto breaks something up, Portland breaks something up, and you essentially do the Jeremy Lin deal again, where you absorb somebody else's Lou Aldeng for an extra pick or an extra couple young players, and you're kind of you're you're doing both. I, I think that would be a really interesting and I think sort of impressive result for the summer where the Lakers show that this new front office really shows that they are in fact playing a, a long game here and aren't just star bleeping and to try to get it, and I was going to say for contention. what it's worth and this is something that I I wrote about at the Athletic where you I, can get 30% off and exactly, a t-shirt if for subscribing three different colors. I've gotten a lot of sense over the course of this year that the fan base would not be disappointed at all with that type of split baby where you have Paul George with the rest of the young core intact. Yeah. There has been an increasing sentiment and attachment by Laker fans towards this young core. But that's and, and it may be impro- I don't think that's uncommon or it, no, uh, it's, uh, it's psychology. It's like no, I I understand that it's psychology, but I also understand where they're coming from in the sense that the potential's real with them. Like if if you want to play the odds toward them winning a championship, obviously the odds don't favor because the odds never favor anybody winning a championship. I guess now other than the Warriors, but insofar as the idea, could you imagine them becoming in three to four years a championship core? I don't think it's. Well, yeah, look, there's no question that LeBron coming to LA is and, and fans transactional. Went, fans went through so right. much to reach this point where finally the kids actually represent. Something that feels real. It's the difference between an emotional attachment to your players, which is what fans ultimately, I think, would want. They Ultimately, you want emo, an emotional connection to really good players who can win for you. LeBron coming to L.A. is a tr- is transactional. It's it's There's nothing, there's no emotion behind it. George is a little bit, but it's both. It's transactional, but there's emotion, emotion to it, which is why. But he in, could also play all, here for another 10 years. Exactly. But that's also, in, I think, in Andy, some of the polling that we that you did and we put up on the on Twitter why people like George more because there is you get a little bit of both. But the other part of it is as until the Lakers actually go all in on one path, the potential is always there for something really big, for something that's going to get them where you're going because you always know we're not there yet. The minute you commit to it, now it's either going to work or it's not going to work. And it's, you know, I think some for, for a lot of fans, it's like that moment before you close on a house or something where you go, oh, my God, we two years ago, if you said, you know, guys, in two summers, what if I told you the Lakers would have Paul George, LeBron James and Kawhi Leonard and all these young guys you never knew about right, would they be like, holy where well, do couple, I sl- look a couple years ago? Fans couldn't wait to get rid of all the young pieces. Right, so where do I sign Th- up? Those young that? pieces represented a burden two right. or three years ago. They now, don't anymore. But now, if you ask the same question, because you're closer to the end, you're closer to this conclusion or whatever, there is that feeling of, well, sh- oh, what if it doesn't work? What if LeBron breaks yeah. down? What? If-? And so you start asking all those questions, and is you know good problems to have. The, they are, but they keeping are the young players have. allows people to kind of continue using their imagination in ways that they can't once the Lakers choose a path. So are we agreed then that the best the best outcome for the Lakers is not necessarily the most audacious plan? That maybe the super team is not the best outcome this summer. Oh God, no! I think if you if you come out, if, if, I think there is no better basketball team you can put together 
both for the long and short term, than the Lakers acquiring Kawhi Leonard in a trade, signing LeBron James, and signing Paul George. I See, I think I think the Lakers. How might, do you how think, do you do better than I that? I think the Lakers might be a little bit. Re- I think the Lakers, for the same reasons you guys just outlined, would not be that sad if they they would not be sad at all if they came out of the summer with Paul George. The young players we talked about. And Randall retain. And keep Randall and are able to keep building. And LeBron James goes off and ring chases somewhere else and they continue to stay on their path. I don't think that's, that would. That's a, that's, you, you, that, that's a different question. That is, is that a good result? Absolutely. You land that scenario. The Lakers are still on a really I think, good path. I think, I think there that are, basketball I, team is not as good as the one that I just described. I think I think that there are those within the Lakers organization who are quietly hoping that the LeBron thing does not happen because while yes, they are a better team in 2019 with him. That there is you are you are there is a lot you sacrifice by bringing on LeBron James. A lot of no culture. Question. A lot of a lot of um, a lot of influence. Luke Walton's influence in the organization plummets. I think that I think that there is a while you cannot tell LeBron no, there is a lot that you give up by bringing him in, and it would be easier to continue to grow on the path you're growing on. And, and Paul George fits in far more organically than 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 a LeBron. So and and so it should be said. Does Kawhi? I think yes, yes. I think both. Of, I think both of those. Yeah, I just I. It, what do you want? It just depends. I mean, so much of this is what do you want and how do you want to get there? If you if you insist, Andy, on being a contender this year. Well, then those three guys are the best it's, basketball It's the team. safest path to contention. It well, is. And I mean, it's the, the mercenary path, and in some but ways, it, I think... There is no right. straighter line pretty, to contending for a championship than getting LeBron James but, on the team. Right. Yes. And, and in this scenario, you're also getting two other... One guy who's a top-five player in the league at worst, assuming he's healthy, and I don't think... They, obviously, they're not going to make the deal if he's not. And then George... Yeah, you have to be right. ...who fluctuates a little bit depending on it, but he'd be your third-best player, and he's a top-15 guy, top-20 at worst. Yes. Agreed. Again, you know, it is it is the safest. If you're looking, and they're both of those guys who are under thirty. Sure. So you have a long term. You're looking path to play the odds, safest path in contention. That is it. Uh, really quick, because we do need to wrap up at some point. Bill, mm, you wrote a really we? good. We, you wrote a really good piece about Andre Ingram, and we were talking before the show began that there were, there were some details that you had to leave on the cutting room floor. Can you just share like a few nuggets from it that you thought was interesting, but just for whatever reason couldn't include? Well, I mean, so he does live with his parents. That's That that was one of those things I didn't really quite know until I got out there, that that he lives in his childhood home, three-bedroom um, brick ranch house on a, you know, a, on, on, it's it's the part of Richmond. It's, on, it's in East Richmond, and... Um, Andre's dad said that it is it's the Watts of Richmond. I went there. I think that might be a bit of an ex- of exaggeration, but just so you kind of get a sense of what 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 at least how they view the area. Um, big backyard or the Richmond c- of Watts. <laughs> <laughs> big big backyard compa- leads into other neighbors' backyards, and there's a basketball hoop. And this hoop is on a wooden post, uh, asphalt asphalt court. Uh, it used to be dirt, but then one year Andre's dad does taxes and he got one of his clients to lay asphalt there instead of instead of dirt. And the the backboards attached backwards to the to the to the basket. The rims crooked, um, and that's where he learned to shoot. I mean, it's he learned to shoot on this very um, very relatable um, kind of rickety basket, and has become truly one of the 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 great living three point shooters. I think we can safe, safely say if you if you shoot fifty percent in in a competitive basketball league from three, you are as good as anybody out there. Yeah. Um, and, and so, you know, just see the visuals of where he grew up and where he lives now, I thought were, were very, very striking, especially in contrast to what we assume an NBA player's life looks like. And in fact, what most NBA players' lives look like. What so if, oh, go ahead. Andy. So really quickly, you were just saying that Andre Ingram's dad does taxes yeah. for people. And, you know, he was Andre Ingram, a physics major, yeah. got his degree. 
So it's not just Andre that's smart. He comes from a really smart family. A smart and like very hardworking family. His mom worked for 40 years at Bank of America in Richmond um, in, a, in a corporate office there, but certainly not a corporate you know, like you know, position necessarily. Um, his his brother uh, works one job, but also runs a, a a gardening, a landscaping company on the side. So I mean, there there is a a, a very very strong work work ethic in that family, and um, you know, they are not they're you know they, they're very good savers. I mean, I, I can't reiterate. I mean, Andre Ingram has survived all these years on whatever the D League salary is. Last year was nineteen thousand dollars, nineteen thousand five hundred. And then tutoring math for thirty dollars per session, and then running clinics. There's a the camp, the Andre Ingram uh, shooting camp, uh, is coming up this summer, and I think that's like seventy five bucks a kid, and he gets the bulk of that. But I mean, that's what he makes. That, that right. that's his annual income. But what was striking about the story, and everybody really, and this isn't even just you know advertising. It's a great for the story. athletic where right. you can get thirty percent off and a free <laughs> shirt in any of the three colors. It's just it's the what what ne- the what's yeah. next story is always interesting, particularly someone like Andre Ingram. That was such a wonderful way to end the year. Is how little this seem he seems to have allowed this to change his worldview, change yeah. his life, change his basketball plan, any of it. Like he still seems to be kind of doing everything that he was doing before with the same goal of trying to make it to the NBA. As he was doing before, where the rest of us would have cashed out. Yeah, I think, and the one thing that's in the story is that he, um, at the end of the at the end of the season, the NBA said, "Hey, you want to come to China and do some clinics and make some appearances, help promote the league in China?" Right. They were going to um, pay him. They were going to pay him ten to fifteen thousand right. dollars somewhere in there, which would have been, you know, on par with what he made for his Lakers two game stint. Again, huge help for his family. He's tutoring math for thirty dollars for an hour session, like. So $10,000 would go a long way. He said no because it would interrupt his his off-season training, which he started up one week after he got back to Richmond. So at 8 a.m., he goes to this Baptist church in Mechanicsville, Virginia. He works out there for two hours, goes home and has lunch. Then he goes and lifts in this in this uh, powerlifting gym that you know looks like it hasn't gotten a good cleaning since 1983. Um, and he, he works out there for two hours. And then he goes home, and then he goes and trains kids and, and runs camps, and, and that's, and that's a, a pretty normal day. That's crazy. I mean, it's it, it, again, and this is a guy who, you know, in a year we could be watching a movie starring Chadwick Boseman as I hope so. A- Andre Ingram. I mean, it's I mean, well, I mean that, if, that's if going it's based to on a living person. It's going to be Chadwick Boseman. That's just sort of his wheelhouse. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, maybe maybe you can kind of maybe in the back of his mind he knows like I'm going to get that, but I just don't. I feel like there was there was no movie deal. Yeah. I still feel like he'd be doing things the same. Yeah, and uh, you know, it's I, just that guy. Watching it play out in real time, I was sort of like, man, retire now. Like this is this is it's not going to get better than this. And you know, but one, he thinks it will. He still he still desperately wants to make it to the NBA and wants to stick. Um and frankly, I don't know if he would be doing it again he, this year. I mean, I think he would maybe another year, but at some point you give up the dream. But then all of a sudden he has it's, his dream has been given all this oxygen. All of a sudden it feels so much more tangible. He's never been this close to the NBA. Um, other teams who maybe weren't aware of him before really are. And the people who know him as a basketball player, the coaches with the, with the South Bay Lakers, they all believe that he could be a real a better player in the NBA than he was in the in the D League because of the spacing, because of the, the choices defenses would have to make. And you if you have to help off of him to go defend LeBron, let's say you're leaving a fifty percent three point shooter wide open and so it's there there is it, and maybe the reality isn't as simple as that but it is fun to imagine 32 year old andre ingram actually making it as because, the, as, because the, as LeBron, the ray allen right. of, of, of because LeBron. lebron james signs with your team that would be he's amazing. part of the super team andre ingram he's the fourth piece oh <laughs> that would be amazing 
Uh, real quick before we go, um, I just want to give a shout out to Seth MacFarlane, who it was announced uh, donated two and a half million dollars to NPR and the LA station KPCC, uh, Southern California Public Radio, where Brian and I appear uh, weekly on the Take Two show. I assume um, part Wednesday. of that donation was because he wanted more sports from us. Obviously. But uh, it was really awesome of Seth MacFarlane to do that. And, you know, in an age where, you know, journalism and news is, I think, to put it kindly, um, in a bit of a battle. Um, I, I thought <laughs> that was awesome. Well, also, dri- I thought that was it awesome drives home the, the point, and if this is something that's it's obviously relevant for the work that we're all now doing at The Athletic, this stuff costs money. And mm-hmm. whatever whatever your outlet is, um, whatever your your belief system, whatever it might be, if you want good coverage of those things, we no longer live in the world where you can get it for free. If you value it, you need to pay for it, whether it's NPR, whether it's sports coverage, whether it's the Washington Post, the New York Times, the Wall Street Journal, whatever it is. Your local newspaper. Yeah. Yep. Particularly your local newspaper. Um, So uh, kudos to Seth MacFarlane for doing that. And I would certainly encourage people to try to the best that you can to set aside whatever money you can to pay for the news that you consume because it's incredibly important. Bill, thanks for coming. It was so fun, we guys. Do this Thank again. you. Anytime. Now that we're colleagues. At The Athletic. That's right. Where you can get 30% off. And, and a, a free t-shirt. t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> yes, people think we're going to stop promoting it this way. This is going to last for months. In three so, colors, right. by the way. Make sure the three colors are very clear. Uh, all right. See you everybody next time.